7 Podcast. My name is Scott, and today I have a special guest for some of you longtime listeners, uh, even way before the Scott 7 Podcast, if you were a big fan of Theology and Backgammon, which was the first uh, podcasting endeavor that I went into um, when I was doing um, podcasting, which would have been early 2000s. Uh, we started a podcast called Theology on Theology on Tap, Theology on and Backgammon, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, I had a co-host named Ryan, and that is my special guest today. Um, and we're going to be talking about the discipline of meditation. So, welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks, Scott. It's good to be back. It's like old times. Yeah, no joke, no joke. It has been a long time. So. Um, just kind of give us a quick update of what you've been doing, Ryan. Yeah, um, I, you know, I I don't remember like where where we left off when when it you started doing this the Scott Stedman podcast and we kind of disbanded theology and backgammon, but life just kind of got you know busy in different ways for us. You were pastoring, and I think I might have been working at camp at the time. So, yeah, yeah, that would that would be about right because I was pastoring. You were working at camp, and we and I think it just got to the point where our schedules just weren't connecting yeah. well. I think the actually, to be honest, I think the very last podcast that you and I did together, officially under the, I don't know if it was officially under the um, theology and backgammon banner or if it was under the Scott Stedman podcast when it got changed was when we talked about the um, North Carolina laws that were changed for yeah. the LBGT. That was like the last one we did together that yeah, I can so remember. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. I, I, don't, geez, I don't even know when that was, like like late 2000s, uh, or yeah. maybe it might have been 2010, maybe, but it actually probably had to because I left camp in 2009, so it had to be early 2010s when we did that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was probably right after... Well, 2010, yeah. So I was I was still in seminary then. Mm-hmm. So and, and Sam and I just got married, and uh, so yeah, um, a lot has a lot has happened <laughs> since then. Uh, got married. Uh, we we've had two kids. Um, I moved to Florida to become a youth pastor at a church. Got let go, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, now we're uh, we're still down here in Lake Wales, Florida, and um, I run my coffee coffee and tea business from home. Sam is working at a, the local high school, and uh, we're we're raising two kids, two girls, and just living life. You know, right now, just living life from home. Well, that's great. Just like everybody else, <laughs> that's great. Um, so, kind of what we're doing um, is I'm. One of the things that I've been challenged to do is that, um, you know, with us being kind of in isolation due to the coronavirus or COVID-19, whatever catchy word you like to say, um, we it's trying to figure out how can we break the mold of kind of like the traditional church model on a Sunday morning model, model, excuse me. So um, I'm kind of going through the spiritual disciplines and kind of teaching people. So throughout the week, we're going to kind of have 
certain elements that's going to help with a certain discipline that we're going to be practicing. So uh, I kind of let you know heads up that we're going to be talking about meditation. So to so kind of from your point of view, Ryan, how do, would you how would you describe meditation, especially within the uh, Christian circles? Yeah. Yeah, because that word meditation, like, it, it means different things to different people and different traditions and and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it probably is good to define that. Um, you know, if you if you just think about the word meditation, like the word that we translate as meditation and in the Old Testament particularly, um, it really uh, is an allusion to gnawing and chewing and digesting you know, so it's like um, I often when I think about Christian meditation, you know, w- w- when we talk about other forms of meditation, particularly maybe in the East, and um, there are there are Christian adaptations to those kind of meditations, but those are a lot of times about um, uh, just letting go uh, into nothingness and. Um, kind of releasing every thought from your mind, all that kind of stuff. Um, whereas I think Christian meditation, where it's different, is uh, it's actually um, maybe um, sometimes it, it can be very thoughtful, uh, if that makes sense. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not getting rid of all of your thoughts uh, into, into oblivion, but it's, it's actually, it can be very imaginative or it can be very, um, thoughtful, uh, in that you're, you're actually thinking intentionally about maybe scripture or maybe about, um, something that the spirit has, has instilled in you. Um, uh, maybe, maybe you were reading scripture and something stood out to you. And so you you decided to memorize a passage and you just you go over that scripture with your with yourself all day long um, until the, the Lord releases you and, uh, from that scripture and, and, and you move on to another one. Uh, not that you're ever released from scripture, but, um, you know, once it's instilled in you, I guess is, is what I'm saying. So I, I don't know what what. <laughs> What are your thoughts, Scott? Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm kind of there with you, Ryan. You know, I think when we talk about meditation, and you, you've hit on it earlier about Eastern view of meditation, where it is an emptying, and I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's in Buddhism where if you have the point where you empty yourself completely, like really sit in meditation, and it's all about the emptying, then that's when you kind of reach a state of nirvana is when you reach a state of nothingness. Um, whereas in Christianity, it is more about a feeling up and you've kind of said it like you could be reading, you could be reading the scriptures and there could be like a certain passage or a certain word that may pop up and it just kind of resonate on your mind. It resonates on your heart and you're just um, kind of, and it, and it stays with you. And I know there's times where, you know, a certain scripture or a certain phrase can just hit you and you're just really not only meditating on it. And, and maybe I wouldn't use the word meditate, but it's just constantly on your mind and your heart to the point where you're just thinking about it. It's just like a thing that you're processing over and over again. Sometimes while you're sitting in your 
chair or sitting in your office reading the scripture to even when you're out running basic errands, you know, it's still on the forefront of your mind where you're just still thinking about it and, and meditating about it. And whether it's a something from scripture or even something that maybe you've heard, like whether you're listening to, you know, a Christian podcast or, or your pastor preaching a message and you're just like, oh, wow, like this is really mm-hmm. impacting me in a, in a very way that it's, it's something that I'm constantly chewing on. Um, I know when I was looking up the Hebrew word for meditation, there's two, and I'm trying to remember them off the top of my head again. We're doing this at like 6 o'clock in the morning, so, <laughs> yeah. so I'm trying to get my head all straight. Um, but, you know, you, you mentioned that the chewing and, you know, some other words is just about um, – I, I even groaning, like that was one of the – words like it was one of those words where it had meant a lot of different things and groaning was one of them and i've always thought like well that's kind of an interesting groaning like why would you groan a memorization of god's word but i think i think in some aspects you know when the word really resonates with you and you're meditating on it there could be a groaning as far as this transition from the old self to the new self a transition from um, you know, something that's really convicting you in some ways where you really kind of see that wear and tear of that battle between flesh and spirit in in some ways. Um, has there ever been a time where maybe in your own personal time of meditating on God's word where you have felt that, you know, almost kind of like a struggle in some ways between the um, flesh and the spirit? Yeah, yeah, it, um Definitely, and it, it's interesting. I I wasn't familiar with that that second word on uh, on on, on medit- for meditation. I, I wonder if it has to do with like an appetite. You know, your stomach mm. groans when you're hungry for something. But um, but yeah, yeah, definitely there there is a there is a a, a battle to be had. I suppose uh, there is a struggle in anything that you do that that's virtuous or anything that you set your mind to that's good. And, um, uh, I think for me, um, boredom is, is something that I struggle with, you know, especially in our, our age of, um, stimulation, you know, we have so many different ways that we're stimulated. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we have a thousand screens in our home, you know, we have, a, a thousand different forms of social media. We have um, news outlets that are just, you know, sensationalism. Um, you know, they're they're built to entertain rather to inform. And so, um, for me, like w- sometimes when I sit down, um, just to sit in the presence of the Lord, um, when I sit down and, and start reading Scripture, I'm just really distracted. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest battle for me is um, just being able to get into a place where I can quiet my heart, um, but more than that, quiet my mind. Um, and uh, I don't know. Um, or like, you know, uh, if I use my iPad uh, for, for, my, for my Bible, it's like, oh, well, you know, I've got like... 20 other things that I could just tap mm-hmm. on rather than my Bible. And, you know, I'll just check my notifications real quick before mm-hmm. I, before I start reading scripture or, 
um, whatever. And uh, before you know it, you know, the kids are up, you know, uh, and uh, the sun's up, you know, and it's time to it's time to start the day. And you know, I hadn't even hadn't even given myself a chance to uh, really hear from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think um I think kind of one of the um other key things is that um you you mentioned it earlier about um you know distracted and you know when I was I was I was just while you're talking I was just kind of looking up like what were the two Hebrew words that I found for meditation and the and one of the words is sika which is which is what you find in uh, Psalms one nineteen, where mm. the psalmist is talking about you know I meditate on your law and, and yeah so so and then of course the one time and I think it's Joshua one eight where the word that we see in our English translations meditate it's uh and I'm going to probably butcher this but because my Hebrew is a little bit rusty but haga or haga <laughs> <laughs> but you know and and I think that was kind of um. I think Haga was the one where it was like kind of like that groaning in some mm-hmm. ways. But, you know, you think about even when we look at Psalms 119, where, you know, the psalm is talking about, oh, ooh, I love your law. I meditate on it like night, like every day or night and day. And, you know, you think about our current culture today where, you know, it is we have so much stuff to distract us to the point where we do get bored. And when we get bored, you know, our go to is the thing that's dangling in our pocket, our uh, smartphones, our devices, our mm-hmm. iPads. And um, and especially, you know, I think about and I think I think for Laura and I, that was very intentional that when we started to have kids, it was like. No screen time, no screen time. Like, especially I think the American Psychiatric Association said that, you know, no screen time before two years old. So Laura, Laura was like very strict, like we are not mm-hmm. going to let our kids watch TV. And then even now, like we make sure like now with Peter being Peter being five now, it's like, OK, well, once they're three, you know, or maybe once they're two, it's like, OK, 30 minutes. So we try to mm-hmm. stick to whatever their guidelines are, because, again, we want them to not get to the habit of always having their face in a screen. But at the same time, I think one of the things that I've been guilty of is that, you know, when they see their daddy, what's their dad doing? Well, their dad's checking messages, checking emails, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, even when I'm, even when I'm home with them, I'm also disengaged. And I think a lot of times just everyday practices in real life on how we live our life really kind of reflects on, can 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 kind of be brought into that most intimate time with the Lord. I mean, if I'm always checking stuff and worried about, you know, missing a phone call that, that you know, because what if it's a parishioner calling saying they're in the hospital? You know, you don't want to miss that call. So you're constantly like hugging your phone or having it close to your mm-hmm. hip so you don't lose that. But I think at the same time, then then when it comes to your time with the Lord and that time to meditate on God's word, that's when we really see. That's when we really see the um, how, like you know, you could be sitting there and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, something 
you hear a vibration or a notification or, mm-hmm. or especially, you know, you can hear like, okay, you're, you're in your room where you're kind of really focused on and you're away from everyone. And then it's like right at that moment, that's when your kids are running around and screaming and, and, you know, Sam might be saying like, Ryan, I need your help. Yeah. <laughs> like kind of. And yeah. So, and, and it's, and it's interesting. I've been reading a book called um, the ruthless elimination of Hurley by hurry by John Mark Comer. And, you know, it talks, he talks a lot about, you know, kind of us being too busy and us being in a hurry and us being distracted and how that affects our spiritual lives. And it's been really mm-hmm. interesting. And I think, you know, one of the quotes, he's, one of the quotes was, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy, mm. which I find yeah. interesting, or at least in our digital age now, if he can't make you sin, he'll make you distracted. Yeah, because yeah, I may I not be, that. you know, I may not be committing, you know, quote unquote sin, but I may be um, too distracted to get into God's word and mainly get into it deeply. Um, so when it comes to practicing, you know, meditating, especially we've been focusing, at least their conversation has been focusing on meditating on God's word. How do how does one try to tackle that like how does one really if someone who has no clue how to meditate on God's word like how how do they do that yeah that that's always like the most important part of this kind of stuff right <laughs> is that we uh give give people some direction and um i've found a practice for me that um that's been really helpful is and i know scott you and i have talked about this before is Lectio Divina, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, it's, it's a Latin phrase that means, uh, you know, the divine word, basically. And um, it really is just a fancy way of saying, uh, uh, let scripture speak to you. And um, so, and I, I can't actually remember, there are like, I think there are four R's. Is that correct, Scott? Oh, jeez, Ryan. I think I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I can't actually remember like the specific uh, guide for lectio divina, but I've heard people say it's about letting scripture read you rather than you reading scripture. You know, we get into especially us as pastors, right? You and me, um, we a lot of times get into you know what's the historical background, what's the Mm-hmm. Um, what's the the social setting you know what's the what's the the hebrew or the greek language and that stuff's all really good and really important and you know i encourage people to continue reading their commentaries and and stuff like that but beyond that you know um like what is this scripture communicating to you so as you're reading a passage of scripture um I think the most helpful thing is when a a phrase or even just a word, if it's just a word or maybe two words, um, the shorter, the better, actually. Um, But if a phrase or a word or maybe a verse stands out to you, like as you're reading, maybe you're reading one chapter and something stands out to you, um, either stop when that when when something stands out to you and just sit with it just rest in it i know rest is one of the words and uh, ruminate in it uh repeat it back to yourself um consider what the words actually mean um and then 
consider, you know, what, what is it that God's trying to communicate to me in this passage, um, in these words. Um, and then, um, there is a, there's a, a, a prayer practice called centering prayer. And it's essentially sitting with, it's a very short prayer. It can be one word, uh, maybe it's love, and you, you sit quietly and you repeat that over and over, maybe a hundred times, or maybe for 15 minutes if you don't have a good way of counting. <laughs> um, and you sit with that word, maybe it's a phrase, maybe it's uh, be still, uh, be still and know. Um, or maybe, maybe it's let go. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're, you're, uh, holding on to some things and God communicates to you, just let go. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just sit with that, that phrase or that word or that, that scripture. Um, and you just repeat it back to yourself, um, essentially until your mind and your heart connect, um, or until the kids get up. <laughs> mm-hmm. or until your wife needs you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you, uh, and if you have distractions, um, like if your mind goes somewhere else, you know, you just gently return to those words while you're praying. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, and, and the reason that you set aside time to do this kind of stuff, um, is so that you're sitting in it all day, you know, like I, I, I always tell people, like, don't feel guilty that you, you know, you weren't able to get your, your, your scripture reading in today, but look forward to getting into it tomorrow, you know, mm-hmm. because it's, um, it's for you, you know, it's, it's for, um, it's for your well-being. It's not something that, you know, God's not hitting you over the head with the Bible saying, come on, read, read the Bible, read the Bible. No, he's saying, like, come come sit on my lap, you know, my child, um, come rest in my presence, come, come hear a word that I have for you, you know, because I care about you and I love you. And, um, so I don't know that that's, that's one way, Lectio Divina and then centering prayer. Um, and then, uh, you might just repeat that to yourself all day long, you know, about two weeks ago, or no, it it was about a week ago, I was, um, reading through the book of First John, and uh, there was a passage in First John, chapter four, that that stood out to me, and so I, you know, I set my heart to. I, it was a verse that I knew pretty well, but I had not thought about in a long time, and I I just set my my mind to memorizing it, right, and um, and when Rose got up that morning. You know, I repeated it back to her. She's my, my daughter's five years old. And I said, you want to know what I, I read in scripture today? And that's that's one of the cool things about having a family um, is, is that you can kind of share this stuff with your kids. Um, but uh, so I, I repeated it back to her. And just throughout the day, it was, it was about God's love and there being no fear in God's love mm-hmm. and perfect love and all this kind of stuff and loving one another. And, uh, every time I got frustrated with my kids, every time, like I got annoyed by something that was going on, I just repeated that back to myself, love one another because God is love, you know, and, and the one who doesn't love doesn't know God because God is love. 
Now just repeat that back to myself. And it, it really makes a difference, you know, in the way that you go about your life whenever you're meditating on God's word. Um, and, uh, and then actually God affirmed it again in me that same day when I went to, went to my church to record, uh, a worship service. And one of the pastors had repeated that very same passage. So God was really trying to speak mm-hmm. something to me. Um, and it became abundantly clear and, uh, all it took on my part was just sitting down and, and being present, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you bring up a good point. Cause you, you said, you know, um, you said that, you know, with that verse and how you just thought about it and you meditated on it all day. So then when you, when you're getting frustrated with your kids or whatever, you know, you always kept thinking, you know, that, you know, God is love and that there's, and I'm, tr- and you know, there's, you know, there's no fear in perfect love and, you know, that mentality and kind of when you think about spiritual disciplines as, as a whole, you know, the whole goal of it is for transformation. Um, so then the fact that, you know, a verse that you were meditating on that sticked out to you and that you're meditating on, and then you shared that with your daughter to then now throughout that day or throughout that week, it's something that's still resonating with you to the point where now you're recording a worship aspect of service and the pastor's preaching on that same verse. And you can kind of see that, okay, you know, the Lord must be doing something. The Lord's trying to mold me. The Lord's trying to transform me into something that, you know, I want that he's trying to make me to be. And, and, you know, something that was severe. I knew a verse that I knew very well, a verse that was kind of dear to me, you know, 10, 5, 10, 15 years ago is now starting to come back on the surface. It's something that I need to reiterate into my, into my life. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and I think, like, even, like, with me, like, you know, you when I was getting ready to do Easter, there was, I was reading the, the um, Jesus restore, reinstates Peter, and it's funny because in our subheadings, in our Bibles, it says Jesus reinstates Peter, but one of the things I notice is that when Peter is, or Peter, I mean, when Jesus is talking to Peter and asks him, do you love me, he's not saying Peter, he's saying Simon, son of John. And I'm thinking, wait, wait a minute. Why is he saying Simon? Like, and I mean, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's like, maybe it's just more like, well, who who is he to? Who is he speaking to? But for me, it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, he throughout the Gospels, you know, he's Simon, and then once he proclaims that Jesus is the Christ, you know, now it's like you're no longer Simon, but you're Peter. And now he's calling him Simon. I'm like, well, why is that? Well, it's like, well, he did deny him three times. So, but we see there's mm-hmm. a reinstatement of being the old. To the new, you know, Simon yeah. to Peter. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, how many times have, especially around Easter, Holy Week, how many times have I read that verse? How many times have I preached from that verse? And yet here in 2020, in the midst of a pandemic, <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's, the, that's the thing that pops up to me. Like, like oh, oh. So, you know, and I really was meditating on that. And it was really making me think about, okay, you know, the times that I screw up the times where I mess up and the times where maybe I'm not being the best Christ follower or represent or the ambassador of Christ, you know, there's that thing where it's like, Oh man, I beat myself up on the head or I screwed up or I didn't do this. And, and you even mentioned it earlier, like, you know, don't, don't get so caught up in like, Oh man, I got so distracted. I couldn't get into God's word. 
rejoice that, hey, I can do it the next day, or hey, you know, I can't, I'm looking forward to really diving into God's Word. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest obstacles, I think, for a lot of people is, you know, A, I don't know what to do, how do you meditate, and B, um, when you are distracted and you get distracted by stuff, you know, it's very easy to kind of do this self-shaming, the self-loathing, like, oh, I'm not being a good Christian, or oh, <clears throat> I, I... I was so distracted today and I just couldn't get into God's word or more things were, or my schedule just got so busy today or this week that I really haven't stopped to really spend time with the Lord. And you can kind of guilt yourself and through guilt, you feel shame and through shame, it's like, well, I'll try again tomorrow, but you know, I just feel so bad. I don't really get into it. And I think that's kind of a very, another challenge to, um, why people maybe struggle with meditation just because a there's just a lack of knowledge or you kind of see Christian meditation as Easter meditation. So you're kind of like weirded out by that word meditation because there's so it's kind of taboo in Christian circles. And then there's the self-loathing that kind of comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think about this kind of stuff, you know, especially I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll have been married, um, you know, 10 years now in, uh, in July, you know, we, we got married in July of 2010 and, um, I, I've really come to understand, you know, the, one of the most scandalous books of the Bible, Song of Solomon, right. <laughs> um, makes a lot of people really, really uncomfortable or whatever. And, um, the, the early church had a way of, uh, getting around that discomfort and uh although it doesn't make it actually uh, more comfortable to read it this way necessarily <laughs> um, but uh but they they had this way of reading song of songs song or song of solomon whatever you want to call it um as a metaphor for your relationship with god and um whatever you take from that you know um i there is something to be said about like marriage um, being a metaphor for union with God. And, you know, like, especially um, if you have kids, um, you, you come to find out that like intimacy with your spouse, um, you know, even, even just like finding time to sit on the couch together or, you know, go on a date, um, or like find a quiet space just to talk with one another. Um, you know, like intimacy with your spouse whenever you have kids is hard. You know, you have to be really intentional about it. And like, you know, Sam and I, like, we don't necessarily feel guilt um, for like seasons where we um, just aren't as connected in mind and heart, you know, we don't necessarily feel guilt about that. We feel longing mm. and, um, uh, just know that that longing, like if you're someone who really struggles to make it happen, um, be encouraged that you have a longing, you know, the fact that you're frustrated that, you know, you haven't been able to make it happen. Um, like that's a prayer in and of itself, that you're frustrated, that you have a longing for intimacy with God. And that's a gift. And that's a good thing. And um, if you're in a season uh, where 
you're just, maybe you're too busy or something. Um, maybe just start evaluating, okay, like why am I so busy that I can't have intimacy with God? And just start gently asking your, yourself those questions and see if there's something that you can, a change that you can make. Um, mm-hmm. Because that longing in you, uh, I mean, that's, that's important to pursue, just like in a marriage or uh, any, any kind of intentional relationship, a friendship, um, you know, or whatever. Um, it, that intentional um, kind of lunge into your longing for one another is really important. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's, that's key because I think there's that, you know, when I think about the Psalms, how many times in the Psalms does the Psalmist talk about his desire to be in the presence of the Lord? Um, you know, even when you think about, even when you think about Psalms 23, you know, and I should dwell in the house of the Lord forever, um, you know, or yeah. even Psalms 119, where I meditate, I love your law, I meditated on it. You know, there's this, there is this intimacy in that language, where there's this desire to be in God's presence, to be in his temple, to be in his word, you know, that connection, that intimacy, and I think that's something that's very um, powerful, very um, loving. And um, I know at least for the what we've been talking about has been the meditation of Scripture and how it transforms us and how it affects us in our life. Uh, have you had any experience um, with just meditation as far as more of kind of a imaginary or more of a meditation where it's not just the word, but it's more of meditating on God's creation or meditating on mm-hmm. pictures in the word. Have you had any experience with, with that aspect of meditation? Yeah. Um, was it, was it St. Ignatius that who was, who was really into imaginative, imaginative prayer? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it, so yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, Scott, I think you were the first one to ever introduce me to that kind of that way of praying with with your imagination. And I don't even remember that, right? <laughs> well, I think it, it was <laughs> it was like it was just kind of like a passing thought mm-hmm. uh, that not a passing thought, but it, I, I don't even remember the context. Uh, but you you were talking to me about um, yeah, like like basically imagining yourself inside of scripture, mm. you know, and, um, I, I have to admit, I don't, um, I don't do that as intentionally as often as, um, as St. Ignatius maybe, but, um, but yeah, there have been times, you know, there, and, and by the way, like if any of you are out there and like, you want a resource to help you. Oh gosh, I can't remember what it is now. But anyways, there, there are a lot of like, just look up like imaginative prayer. Um, and there are like different apps that you can download if that's helpful to you where they read through scripture and you know, it might ask you to, um, to take the place of one of the characters. You know, I remember reading with, a. Uh, with some friends one time, we were actually out on a boat and doing this, uh, this imaginative prayer. It was, it was actually uh, the pastoral staff that I worked with. And I remember we were reading this scripture about um, Jesus 
and the disciples out on the lake and how Jesus calmed the storm. And um, I remember uh, just feeling a, a really strange um, connection, uh, not with a character in the story, but with an aspect of nature. So like, um, I remember God saying to me, you know, long to be as the, as the raging wind with no, um, with no choice, but to obey when Hmm. I speak, you know, and like, yeah, like we, we easily identify with, with the people in the story often, sometimes with the wrong people, you know, sometimes we identify with Jesus's disciples when we're actually the Pharisees. Um, but you know, it's only, it's only, (laughs) it's only in, you know, like really just sitting and, and trying to hear from the spirit that we might identify with something as unusual as the wind, you know, Mm -hmm. or the elements of nature, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I bring that up because, you know, I think when we talk about meditation, uh, there's this idea where, you know, people who may, may struggle with meditation, there's some people who may have struggled a little bit, but they're, they're comfortable just meditating on God's word. But then when you get to like, you know, St. Ignatius and, you know, the imagine, the imagery prayer or the, or meditating and using images, um, whether they're connected to God's word or they're connected to Christian elements, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's when that becomes more of a problem though. There's been times where I have had conversations with people and there has been pushback about like, well, you know, where does the Bible say you can do that? And, you know, for me, I always go back to, you know, I always go back to the book of Joel. I go back to Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter three, where, where, you know, they, you know, when the spirit comes upon you, you, you know, you're old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. And, mm. you know, the, and I think in some ways people kind of interpret that as like, you know, that's something that kind of comes upon you as the spirit moves. Um, so, you know, kind of the technique that I've always been used to, and actually I've learned this in a, in a way of using it with clients and counseling on how to heal trauma, which is very interesting stuff. And this was probably, Oh, I think you might have been out of camp by then. This was still like probably 2000. Oh, I think it would probably been like at least 2000. Oh, I'm trying to think now, 2014, 2013, when I took this class at the seminar. And what I find so interesting is, you know, at first I was resistant. I'm like, okay, like this seems a little weird, but okay, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll bite. And I think I actually might have called you because I think I remember yeah. – I, I do remember calling you because I was driving back to Marengo because that's where I was staying at in the midst mm-hmm. of a winter storm. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that now, yeah. Oh, gosh. And I mean – and I had like a huge like healing moment through that and I'm thinking, okay, I'm a skeptic. I'm now a believer. Um but then I remember just a few times after that, just using it and using it with other people, one being a client, one being just another pastor. And I think I can remember, I remember the, um, I remember especially with the pastor because the pastor just had an interview for a church that he was going to, um, a church that he was very highly interested in candidating at and wanting to get this job. And he did a Skype call. And, um, 
one of the things, I guess, one of the things that he learned in seminary is, you know, never hang up the Skype call, wait for them to hang up because, you know, you might hear some tidbits, which to him, it kind of blew back in his face because all he heard was like, well, he's click. And, oh. and he was just like, wait, I'm what? Like, I'm good. I'm bad. Like, you guys are excited. He couldn't tell. And he was really yeah. worried about it. And I remember he was telling me about it. So I'm like, well, here, let me do something with you. <laughs> so I remember I walked him through kind of this imagery prayer and kind of this thing onto like, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to sanctify his imagination. Um, and then mm -hmm. kind of one of the parts is, is once you feel comfortable when you're at a place of rest, um, you know, to ask Jesus into your imagination or into your safe space or, and he said, and I remember he called me cause I told him, I walked him through the process and he did it. And then he called me back and he said, so something weird happened. I'm like, okay, you know, please tell me cause hopefully I didn't just put you, put you off on this whole idea. <laughs> and he said that, you know, he did everything and he asked for Jesus to come to him. And he said, you know, he saw this image of Jesus walking up to him. And first thing he did, he goes, Hey, you know, how, you know, did I do good on my interview? Did I get the job? He's asking all these questions. And he said, Jesus just came up to him and gave him a hug and all these fears and anxiety he had, he just felt it just mm. wash away from his body. Yeah. And after and after that, he said, you know, if I get it, if I don't get it, at least I know that I was connected with Jesus. And it was just like, oh, wow, mm. like, whoa, yeah. like, that's pretty cool. You know, just how it transformed him from that type of thinking. And, yeah. you know, and I think about, you know, even sometimes, you know, there's times where and I think it's kind of a little bit harder um, for some people to kind of do that imaginary prayer because we again we are so distracted and how many times have I dived into a time where I'm just kind of really just want to be and sit in the presence of Jesus so I go into this imaginary type of meditation and from there it's like okay I'm thinking about this stuff I need to do today okay I'm I'm worried about this I'm worried about that my mind's just so distracted I remember you know learning this it's like you know just Either write it down on a piece of paper, get the stuff out of your head on the paper, or, you know, just continue to pray, Holy Spirit, sanctify my imagination, or, you know, renounce yeah. these thoughts, you know, or basically renounce these thoughts, you know, in the name of Jesus. Um, but then I also, but then, you know, also sometimes, you know, if something keeps coming back to mind, there's been times where... Even in meditation, when I'm being distracted, sometimes those are things to pray about. Those are things to really investigate the scripture because there's times yeah. where something will pop up. I'm like, huh, well, let me test that, you know, the total testing of the spirit. So it's like, well, let me let me test that. And I remember going to the word and finding something or sometimes I'll have someone on my mind. And I remember I'll call and I'll talk to somebody and find out like, oh, like something's going yeah. on. And they're and they're kind of like shocked. Like, how did you know that I was in a midst of turmoil? And it's like the Lord revealed it to me in a time of meditation. So, yeah. you know, I think about those times. And so, I mean, I, I understand people's criticism with like, I'm comfortable with meditating on God's word and 
you know, reading through like a parable and, and even, or even like with scripture and using kind of a combination of both, you know, I'm reading the parable of the prodigal son. So I'm now envisioning myself in the story. I'm putting myself in the shoes of the eldest son, the youngest son, the father, and kind of doing that. But then just the simple fact of like, you know, I just want to sit in stillness and silence and just say, Jesus, you know, Jesus come and whether he comes as a human Jesus, whether he comes as a lamb, whether you just feel a loving, powerful presence over you, you know, mm -hmm. those are things that, A, I think are very beneficial, but with warning too, you know, make sure you're testing everything. You know, Absolutely, don't, yeah. if Jesus is saying, I mean, if you're having this conversation in your mind with Jesus and all of a sudden you feel like, hmm, you know, I think I should go and uh, rob a bank. Like, that's probably... <laughs> That's probably not Jesus. <laughs> yeah. just, you know, yeah, yeah. And I say that jokingly, but, uh, you know, I think that's something that's – so, I mean, as far as – because I know you talked a little bit about so – so, you know, when I think about meditation, there's that. So is there any other um, ways that we can practice meditation or ways you practice meditation that seems to be kind of different from what we've already talked about in this podcast, Ryan? Yeah, you mentioned um... – you, you mentioned uh, like being in nature, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. And, you know, scripture tells us essentially that nature is a witness uh, to God's presence in the world and is a witness to, um, you know, God's uh, creativity and strength and power and um, awesomeness, you know. And uh, I, I think a lot of times that if you can't um, be connected to nature, um, you can't really understand most of the Bible. Cause like you read the Bible and like, there are so many references to, you know, mountains and rivers and uh, flowers and, you know, creatures, you know, both big and small. And um, I find that, um, you know, spending, trying to, to spend time in uh, what I call the natural sanctuary mm -hmm. is, uh, is, is really helpful. And it's, it's a form of meditation for me. I remember, I kind I remember the first time and I, some of you might think, wow, you were like, you like, you, you were like in your twenties before this happened to you. But, um, I remember the first time I actually stopped to smell the flowers, literally, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I was, I was in seminary. I was in Anderson, um, uh, you know, the Mecca of the church of God. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I had, I had been reading this book by a guy named Marvin Wilson. Mm. It's called our father Abraham. And it was essentially like putting, the New Testament in a Jewish context, you know, recognizing that every book of the New Testament, with the exception of one, uh, was written by a first century Hebrew, a first century Jew. And so they were bringing with them the traditions of Abraham, you know, the traditions of the Old Testament. And uh, I remember reading um, a, uh, a, about how the rabbis had a prayer for everything, Right. Like from everything, you know, completely mundane to everything extraordinary. Um, I mean, they have a prayer for 
the the sight of someone who is small, um, a dwarf or a midget, I don't know what the appropriate term is, um, but uh, there's a, a prayer for the sight of a rainbow. There's even a prayer for um, for when you use the restroom. You know, like there's there, there's prayers for absolutely everything, which seems absurd, right? Like that every time you do something or every time you experience something that you would have a prayer for it already in your pocket. Um, but it, he kind of talked about how the point of that was to just marvel hmm. in what God has done. Um, it's, it's to instill in your heart a sense of wonder. And, um, and I remember um, in Anderson in the spring just walking to my apartment and just smelling, smelling the pollen in the air and thinking, what a, what a wonderful fragrance, you know, like this reminds me how beautiful God is. Like this reminds me how good God is, that God created this just for my enjoyment, not just for my enjoyment, but in that moment, like just for my enjoyment and for the enjoyment of, you know, whatever critter was collecting the pollen, whatever bird was making its nest, um, whatever um, fruit might be uh, coming from that tree, if at all, you know, um, like I, I, I just marveled in that one small thing um, that was before me that I'd never really paid attention to before. You know, I live in, I live in central Florida where there are orange groves all over the place and um, the, the trees flower twice a year and um, you smell the pollen, you know, but like there's something different from like noticing God's creation um, and then just moving on and actually sitting and marveling at what God has done. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, everything from the great to the small is just uh, mind boggling. And the more you study science, you know, the more you realize how, uh, how eternal the universe is and how the, the smallest particles are so important, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. It just makes me want to, bubble forth like the rivers and give God praise. Yeah. And it's, um, you bring up the good point about, you know, the big to the mundane. And, you know, I think a lot of times people can look at like waterfalls or the grand Canyon and go, wow, you know, what, you know, wow, God's so great. I can remember when Laura and I were living in London and we were traveling to Springfield to go to church over there at, um, maiden lane church of God. And it was in the winter and it was to the point where, frost was everywhere and it was on the trees and i remember driving and just the way the sun was hitting the trees it almost looked like you're driving through a crystal forest i mean that's and i was just like whole it was that moment where i was just like whoa like something as mundane as wood and ice and sunlight just boom um and even just like you know something like a leaf or a flower like even now like my son will go and he'll pick like dandelions out of the yard and he'll like want to give them to Laura or me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, you think about like, huh, you know, 
like you're kind of like oh you know you can appreciate the beauty of weed yeah <laughs> you know? yeah um yeah. And, and it's stuff like that where like you know you can really see uh god's presence everywhere and how even if we just meditate on nature that's something that can really bring us and i think that's kind of the really the goal of meditation it's to kind of bring us close to the heart of god it's to bring us and intimacy with him, whether it's through nature, whether it's through the word, whether it's through music, uh, whether it's through, you know, through the imagination, uh, you know, those are things that I think are very powerful when we, um, when we really dive into meditating with the Lord. Um, so any final advice you may have to kind of help someone's journey into uh, medit to the Christian discipline of meditation? Um, yeah, just be diligent, you know, um, just allow the, your, the longing that God puts in you to drive you. Um, and, uh, know that, uh, know that the, the Lord is with you, um, even in your times of dryness, you know, sometimes that time of dryness when you're trying to connect with the spirit. Um, you're, um, trying to read scripture in a way that it reads you, you know, mm -hmm. you're trying to uh, just go about your everyday life and, and wonder, uh, about what God is doing. Sometimes like we, we get dry mm -hmm. and we don't, we don't necessarily feel that sense of wonder. We don't necessarily feel like connected to the spirit, but sometimes that dryness, um, is God connecting us in, in ways that, um, that we don't understand, you know, that there's a reason that Jesus talks about death so much. <laughs> there's a reason that he talks about being born again. You know, how, how are you born again? Um, I think it's about becoming less again, mm -hmm. you know, it's about, it's about being formed in the womb again. Um, it's, it's about becoming small again, yeah. right? And, um, and so there are times where dying or being born again, you know, I, there are times where it's, it's hard and it's, maybe it's painful. Um, maybe God surfaces something while you're praying. He surfaces something in your life that, um, you don't want to deal with because that will happen. Mm -hmm. That will happen. And it might be, you might go into a dark place, um, but just be persistent be diligent, rest in the Lord, you know, working out your salvation with fear and trembling is a reference to, um, relying not on your own abilities, but trusting in the Lord. And, um, so yeah, just be diligent, be persistent, know that God is faithful. Um, know that, um, that God is good and that he's inviting you into that goodness. And, um, if there, if I can recommend, a resource for those of you who are, are readers. Um, uh, Richard Foster is uh, just an awesome, an awesome resource for spiritual disciplines. Um, he's, I'll recommend two books. One is kind of his classic, The Celebration of Discipline. And um, one of those disciplines that he talks about is meditation. Um, and then also there's a book that I read a few years ago called Prayer. And, um, he just kind of walks through like, you know, different prayer practices that we've seen throughout church history 
and that we see in scripture. And, um, just, those are just some really incredible resources that, um, that have really been helpful to me over the years. And, uh, maybe if you're a reader, they can, they can assist you in your journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, you know, kind of a helpful tip for meditation is when you find yourself distracted, um, you know, it's not the end of the world if the distraction overcomes you. Uh, but you know, for me, it's like, you know, pray away the distraction, you know, you know, or like kind of what I say is like, you know, you, you know, sanctify the space, you know, set it apart. So then it's not being distracted by the world or by the evil one. And then just, if you're still distracted, write stuff down. But I think the most thing that I always encourage is always find an opportunity, even in unlikely places. So if you're someone who works and you get up and it's like, okay, I get up, I shower, I eat breakfast, I drink my coffee, and then I'm out the door. Well, what are you doing during lunch? You know, take that time for lunch or even mm -hmm. if you bring your lunch with you, you know, maybe start eating lunch early while you work. So then during that time where you can – that's set apart for lunch, you know, use that time to really sit in your car and meditate on God's word, even set a timer so you don't get late to the back to the office. But, you know, always try to find these small opportunities throughout the day. Um, you know, don't feel like, you know, don't feel like yet you have to have set like a certain time when you're at home. Like if you're out on the road or even if you're driving, if you know you have to a good commute to work, you know, you know, think of, listen to like, the word on like your iPhone or through your radio and just really resonate on that. Or if you're listening to Christian radio and they bring a verse, you know, just keep repeating that verse and meditate on whatever verse of the day that they're reading that you hear on like your K love or whatever radio Christian radio station you have, you know, those are things that you can do. Cause you know, again, you know, for me, discipline is about exercise and even if, you know, don't feel like, okay, I'm going to jump in, I'm going to do an hour-long meditation if you've never done it before because you're probably, you know, you're probably going to not be successful. Not saying that you won't, but it's a high probability will. So even if you just start small, take a couple minutes per day, but keep it as a habit. And once it becomes a habit, then increase. Um, just like when you exercise, you know, sometimes running five minutes on a treadmill could be tiresome, but after a while after five minutes seems like it's no big deal anymore, then increase that to 10 minutes, increase that to 15 minutes. Same thing when it comes mm -hmm. to meditation, you know, do it in small doses. And then once you get used to it, then increase. Yeah. Yep. All and, right. And when you become, and when you become arrogant, decrease. <laughs> you know, when you, when you, when you get to, to a point where you're, you know, you're, you're better than everyone else because you're more spiritual because you're mm. meditating for an hour. You need to slow down and, and, and really uh, consider your mortality. And, um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, all. Don't be that's like, don't, Jesus, do not be like the teachers of the law that do this instead. You know, right. do this. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for uh, joining me on this podcast. Uh, hope everyone is well with you and your family and definitely can't wait to you know, have our theology and back game in a revival at some point in time. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. This is fun. It uh, reminded me of old times and yeah. how much I, how much I enjoyed doing this with you in the past. So thanks for thanks for thinking of me. Thanks for inviting me on, and um, hope it's helpful to someone. Yes. All right, and guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed this, and I will talk to you guys later. All right, take care. Bye.